Welcome back to Marketing Strategy Academy podcast, where we help female entrepreneurs go from marketing overwhelm to an easy streamlined strategy and system that includes Pinterest and repurposing content to grow their businesses when they have very little time. I'm your host, Jen Vasquez. Let's jump right into it. Chatting about what we wanted to focus on. I mean, copy is a big, big topic. It's likely one you're already diving into in your own ways um, based on your priorities right now and your needs. So I've just selfishly chosen to make it about one of my favorite topics ever that I think is not getting nearly enough airtime. And that is the idea of a copy bank. So my non-exaggerated title here is your time-saving magic-making coffee bank. So I hope by the end of this <laughs> that you leave feeling encouraged about whatever your copy goals are. Um, but yes, my, my brief little intro here is that I'm Kayla. I'm a psychologist turned copy coach. So my training is in clinical psychology. And actually I noticed that my, my little name here on Zoom, I was most recently on a Zoom call wearing my psychologist hat. So I don't normally like have the full alphabet soup behind my name when I talk about copy. Um, because frankly, I believe copy is something that anyone can hone their skill at and anyone, yes, can actually learn to enjoy. So um, my, my promise here is that I help small business owners bring more of their in-person magic to their online presence. Because yes, ultimately you want to attract more of your people, but what so often happens is that we're stellar when we're doing our thing, when we're actually coaching or teaching or whatever our actual role is in our business. But then something gets lost in translation when we try to replicate that magic online. And given that in 2022 and beyond, online is where most of that happens, it's really important to build up our self-efficacy around this skill set. So my not so secret agenda for today, I'm going to get into that in a minute, but first I, I would love to just learn a little bit more about you. So I've got a few questions for you here and um, I don't want to shake up the, the membership norms. However, you normally do this, feel free to drop answers in the chat, but if you're just like dying ever to, to have your voice heard, go ahead and unmute yourself um, and, and share that way. So I'd feel love free to, know. to do whatever you guys want, by the way. Cool. I'd rather just talk instead of Yeah, type. let's do that. <laughs> I make handmade all natural soaps and skincare products. Um, I've been doing that for over 20 years and I sell online and to a few small um, boutique type stores. So fabulous, Susan. Thank you. Oh, and I do a blog, a weekly blog. So yeah, copywriting is definitely of interest as well as product descriptions. Excellent. Okay. And Emily or Angela, feel free to unmute or type your answer in the chat. Totally up to you, but we'd love to get a hundred percent participation today. I'll talk. It'll be a lot easier than typing. Sure thing. Um, I'm Emily and I'm a social, no, no, sorry. I'm a short website designer with ah. a, and brand strategist. Brand strategist. Try to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Angela, I don't know if you're furiously typing or if you're going to unmute, do whatever you feel comfortable doing and we can go ahead and move on. Yeah. I'll just kind of, I, I just unmuted. Hi. Yay. Hi. I don't have my video on because I'm driving. I'm sorry. 
No, Don't worry about it. Um, right now, I really want to learn about copy for things like Pinterest because I'm heading up a big project for my husband's boss doing opening a Pinterest account for them. And so um, I think that's where I'll be using copy primarily for a little while for the foreseeable future. That's great. Thanks, Angela. And I, I'll share more in a minute kind of about um, where, where we could potentially go with this today. But um, one of my favorite things about a copy bank is that it, it can kind of shape shift and be whatever you need it to be. And it's all about repurposing. And so chances are, if you're, if you have a goal to be working on a Pinterest account or whatever else your goal is, blogging, product description, it can feel like you need to just generate that copy out of thin air, but actually there likely is already some copy that you've created or that you can find somewhere that can be harvested for those purposes. And so that's kind of where all these roads cross and meet at the copy bank. Okay, so the next question is complete this sentence. It's just a little fill in the blank. If you want to make a face instead of like saying a word, that's fine too. When I think about writing copy for my business, I feel blank. <laughs> Jen, I heard you loud and clear. How do we feel? Not sure where to start. Yep. So kind of stymied, stuck. This is a very overwhelmed. I, yep. I would say these are universal descriptors. I was going to say overwhelmed too, but overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that for sure. Thank you. So on a scale from one to five, how familiar are you with the idea of a copy bank? Or I guess it's not a true scale because I've given you little anchors here. So a one is like, and you could just hold it up if you want. One is a copy, huh? Like you've never heard of this idea. Okay, Susan, I'm coming in hot with new terminology and you thought you were just getting some great education today. <laughs> um, two is I think I've heard of it. Maybe three is I'd like to start one. Four is I'm already in there using one. Five is some answer I haven't thought of. So let's see. Jen is a three. Okay. Like to start one. Emily is a one. Okay. Well, great. Well, then I definitely will. We'll do some kind of foundational. Here's what we're even talking about with the copy bank. Okay. So back to my not so secret agenda. I'm going to talk about why use a copy bank. I'll briefly define it, but spoiler, it's not rocket science. Real life copy bank love stories, which is really just my trumped up way of saying like examples, like real life social proof from actual business owners who are using a copy bank. And then if we've got time at the end, I'd love to kind of put you in the hot seat, take the heat off myself. This is after all the Pinterest strategy Academy. I want based on what we've talked about this hour for you to tell me what you think the opportunities are for a copy bank and Pinterest and how they can work together. And obviously like I'll throw in my own ideas too, but. Okay, so first up, why use a copy bank? So for those of you who are like just learning this term for the first time, a copy bank is something that I think is like, I've called it the most powerful writing tool that no one's using. Meaning even people who have heard of it are like, yeah, but I haven't actually made one yet. Like I'm on board with the idea, but I haven't actually made one. And the real idea behind it is that it is just 
a repository of words for your business. So you might know it by other names. You might have, for example, downloaded a free or paid template for a content organization system, some kind of like a content bank or a spreadsheet where you can keep social media ideas or keywords or whatnot. You might also know it as the horrendously messy collection of notes on your phone to yourself. You might know it as a series of screenshots you've taken of ideas or inspiration or comments you've seen online. You might know it as feedback you've gotten from your audience of content you've created that's resonated. And you're like, oh, maybe someday I should circle back and do more of that because it seems to have struck a nerve. A copy bank is really a place to house all of the work you're already doing. And that is, if you take nothing else away from this, I want that to be a shift you make for yourself that you're already doing the hard work if you are communicating in your business. A copy bank is just a really solid storage system and a way of using it to help yourself out in your business. Okay, so when you think about your business, I've gotten to hear a bit about what you each do and you start to think about all the different action items when it comes to writing. So all the different pieces of writing you have to do on a daily, weekly, quarterly basis, what kinds of things spring to mind for you? So we've talked already about blogging, some product descriptions. I mentioned social media. What else? Sometimes it's helpful to think in terms of project-based things too. So like a big project, like writing your website copy. Like or, even sending emails to clients. It's a great one. So oftentimes people will mention email in the context of an email list, right? Like a welcome sequence or routinely communicating over email, but you're absolutely right. In day-to-day -day communications, that's copy too. Let's see, what else? Yep, emails to clients, Pinterest descriptions and titles, yes. You can boil it down to something as micro as the copy that lives on a call to action button on your website, right? Anytime you're not just, well, you probably never have just a blank button, but anytime that instead of, you know, buy now or learn more, I mean, that's copy too, but anytime you're like playing with that wording, that's copy. Let's see, or sweet love note to my husband in his lunch. Exactly. See? Okay, so there's a lot that we have on our plates. I guess that's kind of what I want to just acknowledge is that we don't have endless time to be creating this stuff from scratch. And so the copy bank is meant to be an antidote to that feeling of overwhelm that you've expressed that so many of us feel, which is like, yes, I have to do all this writing, but ultimately I need to get down to the business of actually running my business and doing whatever work that I'm trying to sell with all this copy. So I'm going to give you kind of my, my quick and dirty pitch for what a copy bank can do for you. So the first is logistical. A copy bank saves you time. So it removes logistical barriers like sitting down to the blinking cursor of doom, white screen of death. You know it by different names. We've all experienced it. It's like you sit there and you wait for something. And in the meantime, like on a, you know, maybe a resilient day, you just think, oh, it's not in the cards today. I'm going to go do something else. On a not so great day, you sit there and spiral. Like, 
should I even be a business owner at all? It like really takes you to some dark places fast, no? So the copy bank helps remove that logistical barrier because you always have something you can pull. You never are starting from scratch ever. And I will tell you, I have loved writing for as long as I can remember, ever since I was a tiny kid. I would never subject myself to the horror of sitting down with just a blank screen in front of me. I don't enjoy that. I should say for my business, if I'm just kind of writing for fun, that's a different thing, but it is, that is a very demanding situation to put yourself in and you don't need to. Susan, I'm just going to read quick what you've chatted here. I tend to second guess myself a lot. Should I post about this or that? Should I include this or that in my newsletter? Yes. And that is very related to another benefit that we'll talk about in a moment. The copy bank also redirects your focus. This is a big one from factors outside your control. So the myth of waiting for inspiration or motivation to just magically land on your desk is so harmful because it keeps a lot of us thinking like, if I don't just wake up or sit down to my desk loaded with creative ideas, there's something wrong with me. When the fact of the matter is inspiration comes and goes just like motivation does. If I waited to do my laundry every time I felt motivated, uh, the pile would be even larger than it is right now, right? So we have to, if we're going to actually make progress in our business and be able to get back to the things we actually enjoy in our business, we have to be able to keep our focus squarely on the things that are inside our control. And so a copy bank does that. A copy bank says, here's some options. Like, what do you want to pull? What do you want to work with? You're never on your own and you're never just waiting for something to magically happen. Finally, the copy bank helps get you more mileage out of what you're writing. Oh my gosh. So every business owner I've ever met sooner or later has some like passionate, I will die on this hill until everyone is on my side about this kind of issue. I know for one Jen Vasquez, it is, I will get every female business owner on Pinterest if it kills me. Mine is, I want to eradicate from every business owner's story, having spent time on creating a piece of content, never to have it see the light of day again. Like you wrote a blog post and it stayed a blog post and that's all it ever was. I'm not saying that you need to commit yourself to some like elaborate content marketing scheme where every blog post becomes 15 captions. No, I'm merely saying that if it was worth writing and sharing in the first place, if it was a topic that really sat at that intersection between you and the people you're trying to reach, then it is, it is ripe for repurposing. There is gold in there that absolutely can be used in all kinds of different places across your business. It can be repurposed as an email. It can be a word or a phrase that you call to mind when you're on a podcast interview and you have to give an example. You can pull it from copy you have already written. You're never alone. You're never starting from scratch, okay? All right, before we get to the next benefit, can we just talk about perfectionism for a moment? <laughs> I'm a psychologist, so I, I need a, a verbal, I need consent before I like dive us into this triggering. I, okay. Yes. <laughs> What kind of perfectionist are you? And I have given you the option to say that you're not a perfectionist, but I have this little working theory that like perfectionism exists on a continuum and we're all just sort of 
troubled by varying degrees of it. So what kind are you? Are you like, done is better than perfect. I'm fully healed. This is not a struggle for me. I have perfectionistic tendencies. I'm in recovery. <laughs> this is an active everyday struggle for me or some, some other answer. I would say Jen's for me, and I would say if I'm being really honest, yeah, it would probably be between two and three. I like bounce around. Like I know that it's a problem and I want to believe in progress over perfection. Yes. And when it comes to writing, because I hate it so much, I always err on progress. <laughs> Other things will trip me up more. <laughs> right. And you know what, Jen, I, I hear you and I like send that back tenfold because um, I've struggled mightily with perfectionism before. And um, I can relate very much to many people who think it's, it sounds so egotistical, but you get into a position where you start to think everything, like not just the success of my business, but like the welfare of my client hinges on getting this wording right. And it's just not true. And when you look at the reality that that mentality and that kind of set of habits actually lands us in a place of hitting publish less, sharing less, that is what undermines our business and the success of our clients. So it's really, it is kind of like a lifelong process for me. Amen. Three and four. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Because you're right. It does hold us back. Right. And we're yeah. being selfish because someone out there, even if it's not flawless, would actually get something from us. So we're being selfish, being perfectionist. That's the only thing that keeps me moving forward. <laughs> totally. I used to have, I don't have, I've cleared my desk um, uncharacteristically for this, but normally I've got post-its everywhere. And one that I had on my desk for ages said, someone else's breakthrough is waiting on the other side of your perfectionism. I wrote that to myself because of that piece. Like, and again, that still sounds kind of egotistical, like someone's going to get a breakthrough. But the point is, all that knowledge that we're walking around with, all of that wisdom and experience and just life experience that we take absolutely for granted is a total light bulb, life-changing moment and insight for someone in your audience, probably multiple someones in your audience. And so we do well to work past this perfectionism, but again, it's a, it's a very big topic. So I'm certainly not suggesting a copy bank alone can get you there, but it will help. So a copy bank relieves perfectionism in a couple of ways. One, it shifts the emphasis from you and your writing back to your audience and their needs. Here's what I mean by this. There's no awards being given out for most beautiful writing. You don't need to consider yourself a like capital W writer in order to be an effective copywriter, which is ultimately an effective communicator. Because every time you go live on Instagram or even post a little story, that's copy too, because someone had to write the words coming out of your mouth, right? It puts the focus back on your audience because as you'll see shortly, the copy bank is much more about them than it is about you. And have you heard this before? You can just nod if you've heard that. It's like, you're, you're, you know, you've heard maybe that um, your about page shouldn't be about you. It should be more about your client, right? Who you're trying to reach makes sense. But like how, how though, 
And I'll tell you at the end, I'll share, um, I'll share a link to some resources for you, free resources. And one is a very simple formula for putting together some core pieces of your about page because it can be so tricky because it can trip us up so much. But again, the point is a copy bank really shows you, it doesn't just say your blank page should be about your client. It, it gives you the actual ingredients to make it about them. And again, I'll show you some examples here. So Try, if you start to get hung up, if you're starting to feel the overwhelm and the, perfe the perfectionistic kind of pull to make it about you and your writing, like the quality of your writing or your skill as a writer, try instead to shift to you taking on the role of a noticer, like an interested observer, a collector, a reflector or responder, like do these words feel like things you can take on and probably already are, right? It seems more doable than like, I am going to be the author of every word that represents my business. Like no pressure. Again, I love writing and I would never saddle myself with that responsibility. The reason I emphasize these is that that is ultimately what you will become when you start populating your copy bank. Your copy bank and again, I'll give you a simple template that you can use to get started with it, but your copy bank is just a storage space for you to make deposits, right? If we're sticking with the bank metaphor, you're just making daily, weekly, monthly, whatever deposits of words that already exist. Some of them are yours, things you've written, but many of them are not. And so all you really have to be is a noticer. You have to have eyes open. You have to commit to at least with some regularity, collecting those words and making deposits. And then based on what you see there, you're reflecting that back to your audience and you're responding to it in key ways. So here's what I'm hearing from you, or I know you're struggling with this. Here's something that might provide some relief. Here's an encouragement for you. Does that feel more doable? Because when I think about it, like this was just a little revelation I had one day and I was like, yeah, that's all I need to do. I'm just noticing and reflecting back. That, that takes the pressure off. Yeah. Like that, because I can be a cheerleader and I want to help people. So the responding, the noticing and responding seems far easier than quote unquote writing. Totally. I feel that way too. And I, I mean, it's really, it's basic awareness and empathy at the end of the day. You're, you're feeling with people, you're paying attention to them and they're already your people. They're your audience that you've carved out that you want to speak to. So you're likely already plugged in to them. This is just kind of changing up the job description of who you are. Okay. This is just another little metaphor. Sometimes it's helpful. So I, I mentioned, you know, there's no prizes being given out for best writer or like most beautiful writing. You can think about it kind of like fragrance. I, I don't know, I actually don't wear perfume, but you can think about it like a fragrance. You can think about it like a candle or essential oils or something in your home. But it's like, the goal isn't really for someone to say, mm, what, what is that perfume? Give me the name of that perfume. It's for someone to kind of, oh, oh, you smell so nice. Or, oh, that such, your home is so inviting. You're creating an experience for them, like an emotional experience. And the fragrance is the vehicle. Same, same with your copy. It's not actually like, oh my gosh, Jen's website. I just, I could read her copy all day. It's the most beautiful copy. 
It's like, no, she said the very thing I've been thinking. She made me feel less alone based on what she invited me into. I'm going to go do that thing. Do you see the parallel there? The copy is just the vehicle. Okay. I'm getting all heated about this, but I just feel like people talk about writing like it has to be so precious and it doesn't have to be. Finally, your copy bank builds client intimacy. So think of your copy bank, and I know we've already started to talk about it this way. It's a market research tool. So I've called it a storage system, but really, if you're actively using it, it should function much more like market research. And I'd love to know, actually, because I kind of... Um, I came to copy coaching kind of through a side door. I mentioned, I know I glossed right over my, my work history, but um, I fell into copywriting because I was DIYing my own website and marketing in my therapy practice. That was my first business that I built. And I figured out, oh, there's this thing called copywriting. It's not actually the same thing as a legal copyright. It's a whole different thing. But because of that, I'm very aware that, you know, not everyone has the same process they go through in their business. So it's not like you go through step one, two, three of market research. Some people that I've encountered, some business owners have gone through some sort of a process, either with some kind of training they took, or maybe a coach they worked with. Others are kind of like, <laughs> my market research is scrolling on Instagram and just seeing what I can see. So I'm curious, have you done or are you doing market research, what you would consider market research? Um, I do it with each of my VIP days to get feedback on how I can make a VIP day better for the next person. Right. Um, I have done it in my emails. Like I'll sometimes, I haven't in a while, but I'll email and ask some questions to get feedback, to get what people are thinking. Um, and sometimes I'll contact my business friends to ask them to give me insight on when I was looking for words to evoke on my website and things yes. like that. I'll go to my business friends to say, you know, when you think of me, what are your thoughts or whatever, but I don't do it on a consistent basis. And I only do it for marketing purposes. <laughs> so Yeah, this is awesome. That. So Jen is follow Jen's example. Um, that that is, these are all totally legit market research strategies. And again, some of the resources I'll share at the end will walk you through the process of just getting started. Like, what does that look like in my business? How can I make it a sustainable sort of habit that I can get into? But since, since Jen mentioned email, I want to give you your very first column, your very first category for your copy bank right now. Well, this is, if you have, I'm going to say it in terms of email, but if you don't currently have an email list, um, this could be emails you send out to contacts you already have, like in Gmail, or it could be maybe a question you pose on Instagram or wherever you're showing up for your people. Okay. So make it your own. Here it is. So on your email list, if you have currently a welcome sequence, so someone joins your email list and they get something in return, some kind of automated response. I recommend having either part of that email or part of that email sequence. So in a version um, of my welcome sequence, it's email number two, and I call it the magic email. And here's how it goes. It basically says, how can I help? That's like the subject line. And the whole body of the email is, I really wanna know 
what is getting in the way for you right now of, and for me, it's writing copy for your business, but it could be anything. It could be what's one question you have about fill in the blank with your business, your topic that you talk about. And then you say some version of hit reply (laughs) or, you know, answer this question sticker. If you're on Instagram, Um, I read every answer and I really value your feedback. That email in my welcome sequence is responsible for literal thousands of entries in my copy bank. I have things like, that is where I've gotten questions that have informed blog posts I've written, courses I've created. It is, it's essentially inviting your people for the very first time once they enter your world of communication to talk to you. And that's really what a copy bank is designed to do. It's designed to be a a driver of conversation between you and your audience, because in addition to all the other good relationship building things it's going to do, like it's going to help train them to respond to you. It's going to teach them that you care about what they have to say. It's also going to populate your copy bank with topics, with actual words and phrases. You'll get to know not just the content of what they need from you, but you're going to have the actual words they use to describe it because I work with a lot of health and wellness business owners and it is rife with jargon. And by the time you emerge from your training and you start a business, the words you use for different things are not necessarily the words that your audience is using. It is invaluable to have the words that they use. That is just, that's it's gold really. And so do some kind of a version. Let's see. Susan says, do you have a slide for that? Yeah, I'm sorry, Susan. I just thought of that one on the fly based on what Jen said, but um, I can well, repeat we're gonna it. Have, we're going to have these notes that I'll put on the video, but you can also repeat it again just to help. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. So the again, I'll put it in terms of an email, but you can make it your own. Um, I have an email that's automated that goes out to everyone who joins my email list that says, how can I help? That's the subject line. And then the body asks a version of the question, what are you struggling with right now? Hit reply and let me know. And then what I do is I have it automated, but basically all the responses that come through get added to my copy bank. And how so do you what automate I have, that? I'm sorry. How do you automate? I'm sorry to jump in, but no, I'm really all. excited. Yeah. Um, how do you automate category? Like, grabbing those answers and sounds like putting it yeah. in a copy bank. So right now I actually have it set up with like a, a Zapier, a Zap, Zapier. It's a third party yeah, tool. Yeah, Zapier. Zapier. I yeah. know it's called Zapier because my friend is the creator of it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so she's like, Zapier will make you happier. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> now I'll never forget that. That's a good, that's good copy. I didn't um, know you could use a Zap for that. That's insanely cool. Yeah. So I use it. I connect it to Kajabi, which is my, that's what I use for my email marketing. So I'm not sure what opportunities there are with other email clients, but frankly, like that's something that is pretty easy just on a regular basis to comb through and collect. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. And also Susan said that she, because Otter is recording it. So you can click on that link and everyone can get the notes from the meeting. So we're good. Terrific. Um, Again, I ask so- another on the Kajabi. I use Flowdesk, but I mean, if you're linking it to your email, I don't see where at least Flowdesk wouldn't collect it. I mean, should I like maybe set something up in Google Docs or um, Dropbox a- or something like that to where it just collects all those 
and then I could pull from those to use them wherever I wanted to use it? Absolutely, Susan. Okay. So the example I gave asked them to hit reply, but probably an even cleaner solution would a be form. click this link and then it goes into a form. Actually, that's yeah, if a- you, If you use the Google um, uh, spreadsheet, it will actually log all the answers as well, which is kind of nice to have it all in one spot. Absolutely. And bonus points, if you end up housing your copy bank in a in a Google spreadsheet, it can all live in the Perfect. same place. So yeah, great idea. Um, so yes, it, it deepens your understanding of who you're speaking to, what they're dealing with, the transformation you provide. And so Again, a lot of these are helpful when you have specific examples, but there are frankly so many examples of categories that can go in your copy bank that I'm really just going to encourage you if you want to start with this to when I share the link, go ahead and sign up for the resources. They're all free and it'll help you get started with this and think through some categories that make sense for you. But things like collecting feedback from professional peers and friends like Jen mentioned, or any kind of offboarding or wrap-up process you have with your clients, or when you're collecting testimonials, taking note of specific words and phrases, not just for the purpose of sharing a testimonial. When you include it in your copy bank, it's just text. It doesn't have to, we assign meaning to these things like, this is my Instagram bio. This is my website about page. This is my product description. This is a testimonial. It's all, it's all right for repurposing lots of different ways. And a copy bank just helps you start to see it that way. It's like, I can pull this out for any purpose. And so when you're getting a testimonial, know that that's essentially copy that describes the transformation that they've experienced. That can be pulled and used any number of different places. What's cool about that too, is oftentimes we make some assumptions about what our ideal clients are struggling with. And sometimes yes. it's a huge shock to get that actual feedback. So I think instead of going off in the wrong direction in your business or launching a different service that you assume people need, this is a great way to gather that information. Thank you so much. Definitely, absolutely. And again, a lot of it comes back to perfectionism is that we think I need to privately on my own secretly like guess at what they need when really you can just ask. So I think I have an example to kind of illustrate that. Yeah, so I want you to shift from asking, how can I write copy that'll spark a conversation, right? Because whether it's a conversation with us, like we want them to book a call with us or we're on social media and we want engagement, <laughs> rather than asking ourselves, how can I write copy that'll spark a conversation? I want you to shift to thinking about how can I get curious about conversations that are already happening? So for example, feedback we've already gotten from our clients, um, their answers to that, how can I help email, some other strategies that we'll talk about. Once you adopt that curious observer, collector, reflector role, it really takes the heat off of you. You don't have to guess anymore. You just have to pay attention and or ask. Okay, so here's my little, I'm not gonna show you like a slideshow of my life, but this is just an illustration here. I am a stepmom, and these are this is now a couple years old photo of my very sweet teenage stepsons. And we have a great time, and I love them, and we all know each other really, really well now, 10 years in. But once upon a time, they were just two little kids who were ob freaking obsessed with Star Wars. And I, other than having seen the original Star Wars, not so, not so familiar. 
So if you've ever talked to a kid who is very passionate about something, there's like an intense pull, especially when you're a new stepmom, to uh, like get caught up on the lingo. It's kind of like when there's some new trend in business. It's like, oh, one more new thing I have to learn, right? Um, I could have done my homework. I could have gone down like a rabbit hole of trying to learn every possible thing about the Star Wars world so that I could impress them. But if I did that, I would run myself ragged when I could be using that time in better ways. I run the risk of getting it wrong. Like it doesn't quite land. I use the wrong name. And then I'm exposed as like kind of a fraud or it just doesn't quite connect in meaningful ways, right? Instead, you can just take this approach of, I can tell this means a lot to you. You mean a lot to me. So I'm all ears. Tell me everything. And so I will tell you that with those little boys, by just humbling myself and being like, educate me, they will share everything. I mean, again, with kids, you know this, they will share everything you've ever wanted to know. And then some, and all I had to do was be an active listener, sponge up what they were telling me. And then as it made sense, reflect like, oh yeah, well, I know this is his favorite episode, or I know that this character he's not so sure about. And I know this wonky name of this planet. And you just drop choice pieces of words and phrases that create that connection and let them know, oh, she's hearing me and she cares about what I care about and we're communicating. So it's a silly example, but sometimes I think real life analogies like that are helpful to really solidify. That's all you've got to do here. So as you're thinking about putting together your own copy bank, I'm going to give you some examples for places that you can start. Places you can start to mine you know, your, your online space and your business and start making some deposits. So the first is in your work with clients. So any inquiry emails you get, form submissions, I'm not sure what the workflow looks like um, where people come into your business, but any of that is, is ripe for pulling copy. You can think about themes that come up on consultations and discovery calls. If you've ever had the feeling of, God, if I get that question one more time, or like, why do so many people wonder this? That is the universe. It's like a neon flashing sign going, that goes in the copy bank. Take note of that because that right there is a frequently asked question that can become a major nerve that you touch on in a good way in your content. That could become like the main topic and promise of a new offer or product that you create. There's just, there's so much there and it's already happening. You're already answering those questions over and over again. So I'm going to give you an example. These are some consultation call questions that came up for a client of mine. I'm going to give, I've got some therapy examples. I like to theme out my examples based on different things. In September, I mentioned I, my background's in mental health. September is um, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And so I've been rolling out a lot of like my therapist examples. So that's what this is here. But this is from a therapy practice um, where this person worked with couples this therapist. And as we were working on the copy for her website, she went back and jotted down a bunch of the frequent consultation call questions that were coming up. And these were just a few that we highlighted. One is, is it okay if we're not hundred percent sure we want to stay together? 
He's up for trying, but some days I'm ready to walk out the door. We need help deciding what to do. We don't want to make a hasty choice we'll regret. These were consultation call questions that she's like, they all kind of fit together and they're not represented currently on my copy for my website. And so by taking quite literally words and phrases from these verbatim questions that she'd gotten on consultation calls, we created this section of copy on her website. It's a whole category of service that she offers. Ambivalent couples. Listen to the actual words. You're not sure if couples therapy is right for you. Not even sure if you want to be a couple anymore. Even with one foot out the door. That is ripped. That is plagiarized directly from consultation call questions. Something inside is telling you there might still be hope. Whether you choose to work on your relationship or choose to part ways, we're here to guide you through the process of making a thoughtful, educated decision. I'm just going to bounce back, like again, ripped off directly from this last point here. But do you see, first of all, I don't think that would have been a section that would have been even represented on her website. It's work that she is equipped to do and wants to do. And there's a whole segment of her audience who's wanting that from her. But only when she went through her consultation call questions did she see this theme come up and she thought, we've got to represent that there. And then we went in there and we just harvested copy. So these consultation calls could live in your copy bank, these questions. I recommend having a section that is devoted to frequently asked questions that you get because you just never know where it's going to show up. I mean, we could go into like our DMs or our emails and do the same thing, harvest yes. all of that, all of that information. This, I, so how do you get from here to the beautiful words you wrote on the website? Well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a training part too. I'm like trying to pitch you on the copy bank, but you're absolutely right. Oh there no, is we're, kind of a... we're in on the copy bank. <laughs> so and um, let's see. Okay. So I gave that example. Here's another example. So also from a therapy practice um, in the intake and onboarding paperwork, um, this therapist asks, what feels scariest and most intimidating about starting therapy? And this is one answer. I'm not afraid of putting in the work. I'm afraid it won't produce a shiny before and after picture. How real is that? Like if you've ever endeavored to work on yourself in any way as a human being who we're told constantly that we need to be like a massive transformation. So look at this call to action section that we wrote for her website. To be human is to be a work in progress. Let's get to work. This from just doing some backend analytics on her website. This is one of the most clicked. It shows up on website heat maps. There's just some kind of different tools you can use to see how people interact with your site. This is clicked like, like bananas. And I think it's because it's very simple. It's very clear invitation and it resonates. No one feels like they're going to be a shiny before and after. And PS, that's not even what therapy is about anyway. So. No, but it gets people, it gets people to to know they don't have to, because in right. your mind, you think you have to be perfect or be a perfect before and after picture. This is brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. I'm again, it just be, I hope this is stimulating some ideas for what this could look like in your own business, um, in your calls and during sessions or whatever, however you work with your clients in the wrap up and follow-up phase. Anyway, all about your work with clients. All of that is ripe for harvesting for your copy bank. 
looking on social media. This is a big one. You can pay attention to accounts that, and these could be current people you're working with, past people, or just an idea, especially if you're early on or you're kind of nearing a pivot in your business. Just use what you know about um, the audience you're trying to reach. Content of yours that they're engaging with or other people's. Again, you don't have to have written it to reap the benefits of comments they're making publicly. DMs they send for sure. And, you know, just for ease of use until they invent some amazing app that like deposits a screenshot directly into your copy bank. <laughs> uh, I, I keep just a folder of screenshots for this purpose of DMs. And again, you use your own judgment and discretion as far as what you share and how. We never want to be breaching anyone's privacy or sensitive information. But even though I know that it is very trendy and um, a lot of people will share just a direct screenshot of, of a DM because that shows that it was a DM. Don't forget that those words can be actually deposited as text into your copy bank and used for all sorts of different purposes. So don't box copy in to just one hat. It can, it can live out in lots of different lives in your business. And then if you ask a question or a poll on social media, responses that people share, I know they disappear after a little while, but just do your best to take note of them um, when they do come through. This is one example. Um, I had a client ask a question in her stories. What's kept you from booking a call? This is another therapist. Um, she asked people just in her audience, like, if you've thought about therapy, but you haven't booked a call, um, what stopped you either with me or with another therapist. And this is what she wrote back to me. I'm sorry, this isn't labeled very clearly, but she wrote back to me. This is so helpful. Thank you. I went through the poll responses and most common were not ready to get started with therapy yet and forgot the name and URL of her practice and couldn't find their way back. So just think for a minute about what you would do with this information. She knows these are the two reasons that people don't book a call with her. I would be like, I know that you may not be ready to get started right now, but X, Y, Z. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I never thought of that. So oh. Jen, you teed it up beautifully. Here's what we did. We created a little exit intent pop-up. So when someone's on her website and starts to migrate away, this pops up. Not up for therapy just yet. We get it. Let's stay in touch till the timing's right. That's an exit pop-up? Exit. Yeah. And so I know there's different oh, ways to configure. I'm totally do that. That is on my action item list right now. <laughs> Anyone can do this. It's like not ready for amazing bath care items yet. First of all, why not? Second of all, let's stay in touch until you are. It can be any business whatsoever. But again, yeah, this is where you need to use your common sense. It, we wouldn't want this pop-up to just come up the minute they come on the website. They're like, no, I'm trying to book with you. But exit intent just very casually um, makes this pop-up appear when they're about to navigate away from the site. And she's found it her follow-up feedback is that it's it's been functioning really well. She's retained a lot of people that might otherwise bounce literally and figuratively from her practice. So does she have a different funnel that they go into if they click on that link versus I assume she has other sign-up options on her website where like they come initially and decide, oh yeah, I want to be on your email list. 
is it a separate funnel for the people that start out on that versus the people that um, sign up here on the exit one? Yeah. So interestingly, when, when she first launched her site, this was her only, she had just one email list. And so I think what she had was on the automated response. She did use a poll where she had people self-select yes, I want to get started, in which case then, yes, they got funneled into a different welcome sequence versus no, but please keep me, let's stay in touch. In which case, I think then they'd go onto her regular broadcast where weekly or biweekly, she would be sharing some educational information. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. I see that working for you, Susan, FYI. Yeah. Expand I, on that person. I, I could see that an exit poll would be right. great for you. Not not ready to purchase just yet. Let's stay in touch, blah, blah, blah. I would totally do that, Susan, for you. Then you're getting them because they may not consider getting on your email list and they don't even know where to go on your website to maybe join an email list. This just pops up when they hover to exit. Right. Ooh, you need to do this. <laughs> for well, sure. Yeah. If I did that, do you think they should be on a different frequency yes. or different list yes. other than my I, regular weekly newsletter I would have list? it a list, not ready to buy yet list. Yeah. Like I would title it, not ready to buy yet. I would create two to four, maybe five email sequence that you can even ask in one of those emails, what's the, perp what's the reason why you're not ready to purchase yet? And give them some options so it's easy just to click versus type in the words. Right. Just because they don't want to purchase at that moment, but that's really cool. Yeah. That is insanely good. Sorry, I, I know I we're going long, Michaela. <laughs> no, not at all. I was actually just gonna check in about time because I know I've got I've got more examples I can give, but I wanna be I wanna respect the group's time. Yeah. I'm gonna say as long as your time is okay, my time is okay, we can record it for everyone watching. And then if you have to jump, you can jump. We're cool with that. That works for me. Thank you. Oh, Susan, are you speaking? Please don't leave without giving us the template that you were going to give us. I won't leave without doing that. <laughs> it all lives at a website that's just for you. Um, so I'll share that. Yeah. At the end here. I promise. Okay. Oh, this is, this is a juicy one. This is like maybe my favorite and I am kind of stealing this from my own free training that I'm going to direct you to, but it's too good not to share right now. Um, Amazon reviews, notoriously polarizing, right? You don't tend to hear from people middle of the road. I mean, sometimes you do, but usually it's those five and one star people that want the mic either because they've got something, you know, they want to shout from the rooftops about this book or this resource, or they've got a, you know, they've got something to say. It's all good. It's all usable. Let me show you what this could look like. This is yet another therapist who specializes in working with people really struggling with perfectionism and anxiety. I asked her to identify three to five books um, or other resources. I think we also talked about different like blogs or websites or podcasts. There's all kinds of different places you could go with this, but I asked her to identify resources that are being either sought out by the people she's trying to reach or that she 
could reasonably guess are the kinds of things that would come up when they search topics, okay? So if you think about Amazon as kind of a its own little search engine, what keywords are her people putting in? And then based on that, what are some popular resources that would pop up? And then I told her to set a timer so she doesn't go too far down the rabbit hole, get herself something to drink, and just start scrolling and reading the reviews. And what you will get, I'm telling you, yes, you have to sort through some stuff, but it is, it is a gold mine. And so in this particular case, one of the many, I mean, we had, I think, we had a very large Google Doc with just her own, what she pulled from these different reviews. But this is one piece right here. So often we feel, this reviewer said, that if we're kind and compassionate toward ourselves, we will become lazy. So this is someone who is responding to the value that they got, right? Five-star review of self-compassion. And she's essentially reflecting back. So often we feel, right, that we, when we try to follow advice like this, will become lazy. So it's not a complete thought because she's obviously moving into something else that she's gonna say about how this book changed her mind about that. But oh my goodness, if we didn't steal that and repurpose it for her about page, take a look. You don't have to struggle in order to be successful. It doesn't have to be that hard. And essentially then we painted a picture, you know, for, for what her ideal client was dealing with. But it's basically speaking to this piece of it's it's not lazy to experience ease. You can have success and not have to run yourself ragged for it. These things are not mutually exclusive. You can have both. This is a central theme and value of Carolyn and her practice. And so it had to have a place on her website, but we would not have landed. For sure, we wouldn't have landed on those exact words had she not put in the time to just do some research, see how people are putting this in their own words. Do you see? Okay. So let's talk about your copy bank and Pinterest based on what we've talked about so far. Can I interrupt again? I'm sorry. Of course. Um, so in my, my situation, do you think it would be useful to go through reviews on Amazon of other companies similar to mine, particularly the negative reviews and see what it is that they're not happy with in those competing products, 100%. ways that I could fill in and serve. Okay. 100%. And I, I mean it, Susan. So like that, I think that's probably one of the very richest places you could go. I think you're going to learn a lot. And like a slight riff on that is Oftentimes um, when you're in a, a service-based business, so I'm sticking with the, the therapy example, you know, oftentimes people will come to a particular therapist having tried out therapy a few times before, and they often will share what, what led them to keep looking, you know, and it's very helpful, not just in terms of relationship building, like I care what your experiences have been, but just keeping your ears open. It's like, okay, this is really helpful to know where the misses were because within that miss, it's not about this business is bad and mine is good or anything like that, but it is about opportunity where there's a gap, where there's a discrepancy, there is ample opportunity for you to bring your own unique value and you do well to capture that and communicate it. And so, yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. 
Also, Susan, you have a lot of amazing reviews. I would dig through all of those reviews to pull out the parts and pieces, especially things that are a theme that will really resonate with people on Pinterest or your website or wherever. Okay. That's a good idea. Thank you. I Absolutely. That's true. And the themes often aren't the things that we would think about. Oftentimes, and I'm not presuming that this is true for you, Susan, but oftentimes people will just by doing this kind of research, we'll start to see that actually perceived weaknesses in them and their business are actually like unique value propositions to the people that they're trying to reach. So one example, I mentioned, I kind of came into copy through the side door. I'd been DIYing my own blog posts, my own website, copy emails, all of that. When I finally realized like, oh, there's this whole world online of copywriters, I got a little bit of an inferiority complex because I thought, oh, these are real copywriters. Like they have amazing vocabularies. They're so quick with all the pop culture references. They're so cool. They just seemed like the cool kids on the internet. And I thought I'm, I'm anything but cool. And I'm just trying to keep up in, in putting words together for my own business and blogging, you know, sharing what I'd learned. Here's why I bring this up. When I started paying attention to the positive feedback I was getting from folks who actually worked with me on their copy, (laughs) they value the fact that I wasn't a copywriter writing, helping health and wellness professionals with their copy. They appreciated that I was a health and wellness professional who was writing copy for her business. They appreciated the fact that I was coming in with research experience you can't tell, I'm all about the research. I think that's where like the bulk of good copywriting starts. And so I guess that's all that to say that whether it is um, a glowing review or even something that you yourself have thought, well, I don't know that I maybe need to improve upon this. There's opportunity there to really see how your people feel about it and to use that in your messaging. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Thank you so much. That was I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I mean, I guess it depends where I find it and what it is, but I mean, I'm thinking some of this would go like on my about page or home Mm -hmm. page or things like that. So maybe category pages type of thing more. I would consider pins as well. Right. We want to use different copy for each of the pins going to the same place. You could just answer, ask a question or answer a question right on the pin as well. But I'm sure and that's a great segue to what she's got right here on her slide. <laughs> and and what I have on my slide is all I have on this, because as I said, I want to put it on you. This is this is the Pinterest Strategy Academy. So I want to know, here's how I'm going to tee it up for you. I would argue that all of these things fall under this category, but Pinterest especially, because Pinterest, while everyone and their brother talks about it like it's social media, we know, we all know by now. She's a search engine and she's a robust one. So what that means is you not only have the opportunity to mine your copy bank for bits of words and phrases that you can use on Pinterest, you sure as heck can be using Pinterest to populate your copy bank. So they go together like PB and J or for nut allergies, sun butter and J. They go together beautifully. (laughs) What's that? Peas and carrots, according to Forrest Gump. Exactly. Peas and carrots. Okay. It's like Jenny and Forrest. 
they complement one another. And again, there's this real not so secret theme in what I'm talking to you about here of a feedback loop. So it's about bi-directional communication and it's cyclical in nature. So rather than stressing about writing perfect copy, whether it's in a caption or on your website or an email or a pin, whatever, you, you do your best to put something together, then you release it to your audience and then you pay attention to how it does. You pay attention to questions that come up, um, all the analytics that you're tracking. And then you use that information to go back to your copy bank and make tweaks to highlight, boy, this one really seemed to resonate. Could I set a timer for 10 minutes and write five variations of that same idea? So that's one way I like to use Pinterest. Um, when I'm going through, I've baked it in just into my monthly when I'm updating my analytics um, on the back end of my Pinterest account. I will then look at my top performing pins and I'll look at everything. I'll look at the title, obviously the topic, the content, but the title, the pin description, and then I'll set a timer. It doesn't have to be long. I'll set a 20 minute timer and I'll generate as many different variations on that as I can. And I add them to my copy bank. So I will tell you right now, I know you've gotten loads of resources from being part of this membership. You can, and probably should, if you're gonna create a copy bank, merge, merge that information so that it lives all under one roof. We don't wanna be making things harder on ourselves than they have to be, but all those calls to action that Jen's given you, that should be, because a call to action on Pinterest is a call to action on social media, is a call to action on your website. They're all interchangeable potentially. And so just getting in the habit of tweaking based on what you're noticing. I, what else? That is, that is, that is amazing because instead of going pin by pin, blog by blog, you're creating this copy bank that you can just rinse and repeat, use yes. them over again, different pictures, different colors, different whatever. Um, and the biggest problem that people have is time when they're doing any kind of marketing, right? This saves a tremendous amount of time, but not to mention the headache, right? Um, so this is, I'm already going to go on my competitors on Pinterest and look at all of their pin titles oh. and write them all down in my bank. You can use it so many different ways. I was just talking with, um, with a client who she, um, or she's a student in one of my courses, but she's currently using Tailwind. And she said that she's stopped using the communities function of Tailwind mm -hmm. for what it's intended for. And she yeah. uses it exclusively for market research at this point. She pays attention to which pins are floating to the top over and over and over, over again. And she takes note, obviously not word for word. You're not wanting to wait again. No keeping the focus on factors we can control. You don't wait for a perfect pin that's on your same exact niche and topic because no. then it's tricky of how to make it your own, right? Instead, you pay attention to, gosh, what made me lean in to read that? What made me chuckle at that title? I do this a lot with, I know we're talking about Pinterest, but I do it a lot with email subject lines. I think, now what made me click that one? So I'm already doing this in yeah. my notes section of my phone and screenshots. When I get yes. an email that makes me want to open it, I screenshot it or type it in my notes, but I'm not doing anything with it. So this way <laughs> I can actually have a 
copy bank that makes me go to that every time I'm creating an email or creating a blog post or creating a pen. Um, so smart. Absolutely. See, but again, Jen, I just want to emphasize you're already doing the hard work. This is just, you need a system to actually use it because, um, what I would love to see is that once you've created a copy bank to have it be a document, like a living, breathing document that is open, doesn't have to be open all the time, but anytime you're going to do a thing in your business that requires writing, you pull it up because who knows what's going to catch your attention. Um, Susan, I see your question. I want to, I'm going to get to it, but I just, before this thought leaves me, I have to tell you my other hill that I will die on if it kills me is taking an eco-friendly approach to your copy. No copy you've ever written, no matter how crappy goes to waste. So in your copy bank, here's your second category. If you do nothing else, you've got your email one, have a graveyard. That's what I call it. A copy graveyard where everything that you pulled out of a draft and it just didn't make it, or the part you deleted from your caption, or even something you wrote and sent or shared and it flopped, put it in your copy bank because you just never know. You never know what might be usable in the future. Okay, Susan. Maybe you're going to have this in the template. I don't know, but I guess one of my big things is always organizing content. Um, mm -hmm. And so how, how do you suggest organizing the copy bank by topic, by at least your initial plan or thought that you would use it, email, blog posts, social media, Pinterest, whatever. Um, or, I mean, in my case, product or, mm -hmm. I mean, so how, because of my, part of my issue is I get, I love to learn new stuff. I soak yeah. up stuff, images, text, all kinds of stuff. And then it's like this huge, it's like a sock drawer and it's like, okay, <laughs> Where the heck do I find that? So Susan. I know there somewhere and it takes Before, me 15 minutes to find it. And by then I'm like, the air is blue around my face. So before so, Michaela um, answers your question, I want to note that I know from working with you that you have really enjoyed Trello and Trello would be a perfect way since you're already using it yes. instead of trying a new tool, use right. Trello. And then I'm I sure Michaela like will tell you how to how to organize it or categorize it. Yes. So I do Susan, like a couple, a couple slides ahead. I think I have just like some bullet point recommendations for like, here's all your copy bank really needs to be. And I created that slide. Actually, let's take a little field trip, shall we? All right, let's see. Here it is. It's very simple. I basically say your copy bank should be secure. So any client info, you know, like addresses, anything like that, you just want to keep, make sure that it's in a reasonably secure place, searchable, loosely organized. I say this because so often business owners that I talk to are very fixated on like, what is the best system for my copy bank? And it doesn't exist. So I just say it should be loosely organized, like in loose categories and keyword focused because you don't want to be reinventing the wheel and you run the risk of reinventing the wheel if you can't find if you can't search by keyword, right? Accessible. So it should be practical. It shouldn't be like, I argue like the more login 
situations you have to do to access your tool, the less accessible it becomes. And I know that that's kind of, there's a balance to be struck with security, but I love Trello. And honestly, Susan, um, the template that lives inside the free challenge that I'm going to share with you, it's a it's a three three day, but you get access to all of it all at once. So you can power your way through if you want of setting up your own copy bank. The template that I provide is created in Trello. So it's yours to take and use. From there, it's a bit of a choose your own adventure. So I have some clients who, when they're just getting started, you'll see the template is quite straightforward. You know how, how Trello is organized. Some people just dump, they kind of treat each little Trello card like a mini Google Doc. They're like, well, for now, I'm just going to put this in here. Other people, especially as they amass more entries in their copy bank, find that it just works better to have some other system. And so I have other people who will use something like Trello or Asana or a spreadsheet even, and they use the, the sections to organize the categories. So let's say it's, I don't know, let's say it's um, the Amazon book reviews that you've done. You might have a category that's all Amazon book reviews and each card is for a different resource, but you don't want each card to have like a hundred different book reviews. And so what you might do in that card is link out to a Google doc. And so it's all there in your copy bank, but it's kind of just like a little card catalog. And then you click out to whatever you need. Does that make sense? And you mentioned by keywords is a great mm -hmm. way to sort of organize because that's what we do with our keyword builder that we yes. have, right? You can do the same thing in Trello and by whatever keyword, like for you, Susan, you could go by your fragrances and then you can go by the, like an education column where you're educating, you know, all the different things that we've talked about, do what seems easy and replicable so yes. that you do it. <laughs> is Trello searchable by keyword? I haven't ever really tried to, I mean, I go with my cards yes. and my boards and everything. I haven't really even tried to search. Yep. So. Up at the top, there's just a little basic search bar and it'll okay. pull up. Um, I believe you can restrict it so that you just search that particular board, board but there might right. be like, yeah, we wouldn't want like a universal one that pulls right. up things on unrelated right. boards, but right. um, yeah. And, okay. and for anyone who's listening now on the call or later, if you don't use Trello, if you're like, I'm really not interested in using a new tool, you will get access um, inside this, this free resource to be able to take the prompts and use them however you want. And so you get it in the form of a Trello board, but by all means, dump it into a Google Doc if that's what you have capacity for right now. That's what, I would say that's what most people, before I created a Trello template, <laughs> people would be like, great, I'm on board with the copy bank. Where's it gonna live? Like, what does it look like? And so I would say, just start with whatever you have. And it's just very easy to dump things into one place. But what you will find is that very quickly it becomes long and you want it to be, you want it to feel manageable so that you use it. And what's cool about Google Docs or Trello or like I love using Monday, either mm. of those things, if you end up having a team or having a VA or whatever, or you're working with someone like Michaela to have her help you with your website copy, you could just share that, share your already copy bank with her. Like it makes it easy no matter what you're going to do. Exactly. It really shortens the runway to like baked into any 
um, copywriter's process that's worth their salt, they're going to want to do some research. They're going to want to get in there and understand. Imagine handing over a copy bank and saying like, I've saved you so much time. Now you can really dig in to kind of next level research or we can get right to writing or whatever. It's immensely helpful. It's also a great tool, as Jen mentioned, when you have someone working with you or assisting you to quickly bring them up to speed on your ecosystem of your business. It's like, here we are, here are the words, here are their words. Here's my content they love. Here's some competitors. I mean, it's, it's really such a robust asset. Um, and as you see, it really, it's not rock and science to set it up. Like the information is out there. It's just about getting one started and then building some habits to use it. Something else, um, just to go back to your question about like a, a organization system, I do find it helpful as your copy bank grows to implement some sort of a light tagging system. I hesitate to say tagging because I know that like for people that are like, I don't like elaborate tools that can feel um, like more they want to take on. But if you're already using Trello or Monday or Asana, tagging is a very simple next step. It's like, so I might use it, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a quick example. Okay. So that email example I gave of what are you struggling with? How can I help? I would take those entries and flag them. I would maybe color code them like, okay, a struggle. These are basically speaking to my audience's struggles with this topic. That is something I would pull to use for sure in any sales page or marketing, possibly in product descriptions, depending on how built out they are. I might work it into, I'd for sure work it into my about page on my website. I'd find a way to snag some of those words and phrases in different versions of my bio, my bio on Pinterest, my bio on Instagram. I might work it into the footer of my emails that goes out. I for sure would work it into my brief elevator pitch or introduce yourself when you're on a podcast or whatever. There are so many different places you could use that kind of information. And so just having a simple way to note to yourself, hey, grab that when you're working on this. You just need to use it, just tag it general struggle though. You wouldn't necessarily need to break it down to dry skin or eczema or aging or whatever. I would say that. Yeah, that's there. There's an opportunity there that as you kind of, as you scale and build out your copy bank, again, it can, it often starts as just like a little baby storage system where you're like, I've got a few entries for struggles, tag it appropriately. But as you get more and more, and it sounds like you will, (laughs) you're going to probably want that next level of sophistication with your tagging. Because again, Susan, like there's no copy bank police that's going to come look over your shoulder and be like, this is a hot mess. <laughs> only you, Susan. Only you. Only yeah. <laughs> and I can't help you there. But yeah, it's like the whole point of this is it's going to save you time. It's helping you not have to go back to the drawing board, but say, hey, dry skin. I know just where to go. And then you zip <laughs> over to that part of your copy bank. Yeah. I, that's I the would. why. We don't want to lose the plot with any new thing we're trying. It's like the goal right. is not to have a beautiful copy bank. The goal is to have a usable copy bank. Right. Yeah. Right. And to make it simple and efficient. Right. Exactly. And so with that in mind, I promised that I would, I would tee this up here with Jen's permission. I want to invite you to take part in this free challenge. Again, I mentioned it's structured as 
three days, but you have access to work through it at your own pace. You can do it all at once or over time. It's really just everything we've been talking about. It, it sits you down and tells you, okay, start here, make these kinds of deposits. Now here's where to look on the internet to get some of those research entries. Now here's what to think about in terms of how to build a sustainable workflow using your copy bank. That's really what it is. And then it just introduces you to the idea of using it. But um, if you would like to, you can find a link to join at this URL right here. It's your own, it's your own little dedicated place on my website. And I would love, love, love um, for you to come take advantage of that. But again, on that page, you'll find just free resources and, um, yeah, I would just love oh, I, thank you for dropping that. I will admit that I signed up for it because I want the information, but I have my time next week to go through it. So I am already on there, but I'm excited to dig through. This was like really teed up nicely. And I would love for you also for anyone that's listening, that's on now or listening in the future, if this is something that you struggle with and you wanted some help, how could they work with you? Thank you so much. Yes. So at this point, um, there's, I mentioned all the free resources. That's kind of the most accessible way to get in there and just start sponging up information right away without any kind of financial investment. From there, I have programs that are self-paced, but with support. So you, there's coaching from me around two main projects that you might have with your copy. One is writing your website copy. And so you can tap into that. Another option is um, if you want to start pitching yourself as a podcast guest, that is a mini course that I have that helps you do the, you know, this is coming research to make sure that you are writing really strategic pitches so that you can start communicating about your business. And then finally, if you love this idea of a copy bank, but you can't be bothered to start yours, you don't have the capacity, or you want some help with that, I have a, a done for you version of it where I essentially do all these things we're talking about for you and then deliver it to you. So oh. those are the ways we can work together. <laughs> that is on my list for the future for <laughs> sure, but I'm going to bite the bullet and get started. <laughs> so you know, good. I, and that's, that's really, I, I created that offer just because I know that some people really really don't have the capacity to take it on and they would rather outsource it and pay to have support with it. But in terms of, there's no like magical fairy dust that gets sprinkled on that. So my point is, if you want to do this, if you want to use a copy bank, you have everything that you need, frankly, inside this free resource. It is, I guess my main encouragement I want to leave you with on this topic, everyone, is that when you get in the habit of using a copy bank, whether it lives in Trello or a Google Doc or wherever, once you get in the habit of starting that conversation with your audience and recording the words, it will ease the burden of being an original business owner with an original business because it is literally impossible 
to have a business that looks like anyone else's once you get in there and start working with your audience's words, because it's going to be reflections in their testimonials of your work together. It's going to be their struggles that they typed out in an email to you. It is utterly personal and irreplicable. And so it really, on an emotional level, helps you communicate with more confidence when you get in the habit of using a copy bank. So that's my final little pitch for getting one started. And again, I'd love to support you. And if you would just, yeah, just give me, um, I'd love once you get started with it inside the challenge, there's an opportunity to ask questions and I provide support there, but I'd love to hear from you. If you just want to send me a DM or something and just keep me posted on how it's going for you. Um, and just to let everyone know, um, I did without the WWW. So I just did it with the WWW and it works. Oh, yeah. So thank that you. was my fault. Um, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jen. Of course. Thank you. All right. Hey, Kayla, I loved your presentation. You really have been an inspiration. Thank you so much. So um, I'm going to start with your challenge and then we'll go from there. So it's my total pleasure, Susan. It's so wonderful to be with you all. And we, we, we share in common. I should have led with this. I don't know what I was thinking. I am I am a happy recipient of Jen's Pinterest education. We work together in a VIP day. And so this isn't just like, oh yeah, this could connect to Pinterest. As I shared, I actively use my copy bank <laughs> and Pinterest together. And so just know that even though I'm in here teaching about this, I'm with you doing it week after week. Like I have my pins that have to get created too. And so if ever you have a question about like, oh, what the heck are you going to do about this? Or what are you noticing here? I'm always here to talk about it because I love sponging up all those details too. So what's I might your, ask you. What's your handle on Pinterest? Um, it's Dr. Michaela PhD. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, I should have put, I think it's on the, the main, like website. my, it's for sure on my website. And then I think it's also, um, how do I zip I'll, back to the very beginning? I'll get all those. I don't know how you zip that. Can you? That's a that's good all question. Right. I'll get it off your website. You'll get it. Okay. Yeah, but I will also, um, I mean, it won't be for a couple hours, but when I upload the video, I'll also do all the links in there to all the various places as well. Perfect. I appreciate that. Any final questions, Angela or Emily? And thank you so much, Michaela, for joining us and having an extended version. I really appreciate it. And I know your time is super valuable. So thank you. It's my pleasure. Sometimes I think extended version is the only version I'm I'm capable of. That's there's too much me too. There's too much goodness to talk about. So thank you for for rolling with it and and being with me. I just yeah, I appreciate it so much. So take good right. care, everyone. Bye. Right. See you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the show to be automatically notified for each episode. Visit the notes for the links mentioned in this episode and to connect with me. And as always, please take one tip from this episode and implement it in your business. Bye.